The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When it's a 50-50 ball, I like to think that it's more 100-0. It's my ball. Go up and get it. Um, kind of like offense mentality, but bring it to defense. And uh, I don't see why offense has a better chance of getting the ball than the defender does. Street today and asked me what I thought of this Notre Dame team through three games, 3-0. and So I'll tell you exactly what I told him. I think they're damn good. I think this is maybe the most complete Notre Dame team that I've ever covered, and I've been around the program for, shoot, feels like almost a decade at this point. But in terms of the offensive line, which just dominated Florida State, 169 yards without contact, 169 rushing yards with the back not even being touched. That's the power of this offensive line. Two of the best tight ends that I can ever remember Notre Dame having. Michael Mayer, Tommy Tremble. And now that the wide receivers start to come back, Braden Lindsey, Kevin Austin, Javon McKinley becomes a factor. I can't really see a weakness. And then defensively, you have pass rushers starting to develop. You have speed in a Wusu Koromo and a big hitter. Kyle Hamilton is obviously a star and back healthy on the back end. And that's where we thought we'd start the conversation this week. Get to know Kyle Hamilton. Very well may be the best safety in all of college football. Only a sophomore. And seems like he's a superstar both mentally and physically. Let's find out. Here is Hamilton. How does a 6'4 guy built like you end up playing safety? Um, I, I got to credit that to my dad and his basketball genes. Um, because I don't know if you know this or not, but I was thinking about quitting football uh, my sophomore year of high school to focus on basketball because I was tall, I was lanky. Um, I already had some issues from some schools um, with basketball. so And then I decided to stick with it, got my first offer in football, and then just kept going. So I think naturally my footwork and everything, my agility and all that translates perfectly from basketball and ball skills and stuff like that. So, hmm. so, so what sport were you first really good at? Uh... I'd say I, I was about even in football and basketball throughout my whole life. But then as I got more into high school, I noticed like it's like just a numbers game with 
offers and um, the NFL or versus the NBA. So I chose the football route, and I mean, it's, it's going well right now. So when you first thought about stepping away from football and going basketball, what was the, the leading thing making you go, I think I might want to go the basketball route? Right. So my freshman year, I went to a camp at Tulane, um, and they offered me for basketball. And so I've been playing AAU my whole life up until then. And then sophomore year came around football. I got a couple injuries and stuff. So I was already thinking, um, well, I have this interest in basketball and not not really in football. I don't want to risk getting injured, something like that. So I was going to quit actually a week before I got my first offer. I was going to go to my football coach and tell him, like, I'm just going to focus on basketball. But then FAU came to school and they offered me out the blue. I was not expecting it. So I was like, you know, might as well just give this football thing a shot. It's working out right now. Based on where you are right now, how do you look back on that decision? Just even the possibility of stepping away. It's it's crazy. I have no clue where I would be right now. I'm assuming playing basketball, hopefully, but I have no clue where I'd be right now. Wouldn't be here. That's crazy. I, I, I didn't know any of that. Uh, right. so if you had to play another position, any position but safety, what position would you be best at on a football field? I think definitely receiver. Receiver. I played receiver in high school. I had a couple receiver offers. Um, but, yeah, definitely receiver. I, I like to say I can still go out there and do something on the offensive side. Why aren't you playing receiver at Notre Dame? That, that's not my call. I mean, I uh, I would be open to it. Um, I don't know how Coach Joseph would feel about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely – if they wanted me to, I would definitely do it. But um, I think safety is already a harder position as is. So taking time away from that would be kind of tough too. How do you feel like you use the receiver skill set you took from high school to now apply to the safety position? I think the biggest thing is just ball skills, just being able to go up and get the ball. Um, when it's a 50-50 ball, I like to think that it's more 100-0. It's my ball. Go up and get it. Um, kind of like offensive mentality, but bring it to defense. And uh, I don't see why offense has a better chance of getting the ball than the defender does. So that's the main asset I just bring up from offense. And that right there is why you're such a damn good safety. Like you, you <laughs> perfectly explain it. How about your college recruiting process? What do you think really sparked it? from the football standpoint? What do you think really made it take off the way that it did? Um, well, my sophomore year, like I said, FAU offered me. Then Louisville offered me, ironically, we played them this week. Louisville offered me short after that. And then I got a couple like Georgia Tech, Duke, kind of like good good football schools, but not like the big blue bloods. And then Clemson offered me um, after my junior season. And then like everybody saw her offer me within that week, like Georgia, Notre Dame, Michigan, pretty much all the blue bloods, Ohio State, everybody. So. I think that Clemson offer kind of really set things off. What's the fastest 40 that you ever ran? Uh, I've not ran 40 since junior high school. That was 4.6 at the opening. I bet you're a little faster than that now. I would hope so. <laughs> I bet you're a little faster. What's the biggest advantage in your mind's eye of being a tall safety? I think um, playing against tight ends. Uh, I think that's a big advantage because – as a safety, you're playing against tight ends all the time. And I mean, you see guys like Tommy Tremble, Michael Mayer, Brock Wright. They're 6'4", 6'5", like 250. So, I mean, to be able to kind of keep uh, the same size as them, like I'm trying to still put on weight and stuff like that, I think they'll help me more in the run game and um, with different tight ends. What's the biggest disadvantage of being a tall safety? Biggest disadvantage, I would say um, keeping it like steady level. Instead of not getting too high, kind of just keeping – um, at a smaller level, uh, lower level, because I mean, playing in the slot is a lot different than playing at tight end. So you're going to be going against smaller, faster guys. So if you're standing straight up, you're not going to be able to cut as well as you would if you were 
me six four compared to six foot or six one. Um, but uh, I think it has more advantages than disadvantages. And those disadvantages, I feel like I could turn into advantages. Yeah, and you mentioned your weight. What's the idea? What would be like a perfect weight in your in your opinion right now, based on playing where you are and where you might want to get to? Right. Um, today I weighed two twenty one. Um, I, I mean, I still feel slim right now, so I can you know, I can see myself getting up to uh, like high two twenties, maybe even two thirty. We'll see how that goes. But um, if I if I'm moving fine, I feel like that's a uh, that's perfectly fine being at that weight. I mean, I jumped the highest. I jumped at the heaviest I was. So um, I feel like I'd be fine carrying the weight. At the D1 level, you've had success really quickly. What was the first moment you can remember thinking, I can compete and I can stand out at this level? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely first day of camp my freshman year. Uh, I think I had like three picks that day. Going into that day, yeah, there's a lot of emotions. Like, do I belong here? Like, um, like, am I going to do well tomorrow? Like, there's a lot of pressure. And then I had a Loey and Jalen in front of me. And so I'm, like, trying to keep up with them at the same time. So um, I think I went out and, like, had a pick in one-on-ones early in the practice. And it kind of settled me down. And I just got to be able to – I think that just got the ball rolling for the rest of the year. and just got to be myself. And Gilman's a bit of an uncharacteristic player at the safety position, too. So right. what of those little roaming aspects of his game did you steal for your own? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm third down this year. I'm playing more like in the box, like kind of what Lowy was doing last year. And um, Lowy taught me so much with just on the field and off the field stuff, just like being patient. Like I don't need to make every play really fast. Mm -hmm. Do my job um, at the right speed and then the picks will come, the forced fumbles, the sacks, all that will come just doing your job. I think Lowy did that really well. And that's what got him to the league, obviously. Mm-hmm. How how often are you reading the quarterback's eyes? Uh, depends on the coverage, but um, some coverages is really bad. Some coverages is good. So um, when I'm in the post, that's probably the main person I'm looking at. Just whenever he looks this way or that way, I'm breaking right off him because I mean they're not. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes, you're not gonna throw a no look pass. So uh, wherever he's looking, that's where I'm going. What do you think allows you to track the ball so well in the air? Uh, I think that just goes back to basketball honestly, and uh, playing receiver, too. Basketball, like, you have to know how the ball is about to bounce off the rim to go get a rebound. And uh, just being in the air, like, the ball being in the air, just going and attacking it. And I think that's helped me a lot with uh, high pointing, just timing my jumps and everything. And uh, regard in regards to receiver as well, I played receiver a lot in high school, so it's kind of just playing receiver on defense. I bet you were a great defensive player in basketball too, as far as jumping past yeah. lanes and things like that. Was that always something that you always felt like innately you were just able to see a little bit faster? Yeah, for sure. Just jumping passing lanes and stuff like that. Um, on my AU team, I usually just guarded like the best, best player on the team. So, um, and I was uh, probably about six two, six three then. I was long and I could move. So, um, defense already was kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. So many players that we've talked to now: Wusu, Koromoa, White. Almost everybody that we've had on the show, McLeod, speaks so highly of your defensive coordinator, Clark Lee. What separates him from the pack in your eyes? I think Coach Lee is one of the most cerebral guys I've ever met in my life, if not the most cerebral guy I've ever met in my life. He's just so meticulous and such perfectionist that he sets himself and sets us up for to put us in the best position possible. I mean, that's why we're successful on Saturdays. And um, if we have an issue – he knows how to address it. If he something wrong with him, he's going to say, hey, that's my fault. 
So, I mean, it's not just him coaching us and patting us like that. It's just he's uh, he takes self-responsibility, too. How much freedom does he give you in the defense? Um, honestly, I wouldn't say much. <laughs> um, he allows, throughout the week, he takes our input and stuff like that and implies it, like, implies it into the game plan. Um, but in regards to, like, the actual plays itself, like, he's kind of just, like, do your job, like, stick to the game plan, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. How about the hardest hitter? Who's the hardest hitter on this defense? Yeah, definitely Wu. Definitely Wu. Who's behind yeah. him? Uh, I would like to say myself. Uh, you got to be two. If you're not one, you got to be two. I would like to say myself. Well, we we both get a head start. It's like our, it's hard for Dalen and those guys to be big hitters, but we get a head start, so got to take advantage of it. How would you describe what you try to do at the point of contact? Um, this year, I – I'm really trying to focus on my tackling and I've become a better tackler because last year I felt like that was probably the weakest point in my game. And um, just staying square, staying straight up, uh, driving my legs, uh, wrapping up, keeping my head up to like tape tackling, stuff like that. Um, can't hit what you can't see. That's what Coach Joseph always preaches. So um, just, yeah, staying on my feet and driving through the guy. Past and present throughout the history of football, what safety do you try to emulate most? Uh, I wouldn't say there's one safety. I say there's qualities for multiple safeties. Yeah. Like whether it's like Sean Taylor, like coming up and hitting like that, or Tyron Matthews' coverage and how smart he is on the field, and uh, knowing where where to use his leverage and where to, when to use his hands, stuff like that. Jamal Adams just sideline to sideline speed. I feel like if I can just pick their Game, their game apart and was applied to my game. It was only make me better. And, and Sean Taylor, it's an interesting one that you brought him up because he was a tall safety yeah. as well. What do you remember about watching him play? I just remember him hitting everything he saw. I mean, it, it, when he was coming downhill, like you need to watch out. Um, but he was also great in the post. Um, could play half to half, sideline to sideline. Um, just really believe what he saw in winning attack ball or attack man. So. Um, that's something I also have to work on, just trusting my eyes and getting me to the right spot in the right time. Um, but I feel like I can get to that level. Yeah, with regard to your height, you said it really helps you covering tight ends. You've obviously covered a lot of tight ends. So yeah. I got to ask you about Notre Dame's tight ends. Tommy Tremble, Baby Gronk Mayer. What <laughs> makes those two elite? I think they're tight ends. Obviously, they're big bodies, but they move like they're 50 pounds lighter than what they actually are. Tommy definitely knows how to – Use his physicality to um, create space, and uh, he's a great blocker, as you've seen too. Um, Mike, on the other hand, he's very deceptive with his route running. Um, he'll get you leaning this way to come back this way, and I mean, it's really special for him to be like that this early in his career. So there's only the sky's the limit for that kid. When when you see guys that come in and have success so early, like you did, like what what is it that allows somebody to click on day one? Like, is it a transition through camp the first week or so, or is it just day one you realize? this is the level he's meant to play football. Yeah, I've actually talked to a couple of younger guys about that, and they're just like, when you came in, like, you were successful early on. How did you do that? And I was telling them, like, like I kind of told you earlier, like, I came in the first day of camp nervous, like, kind of doubting myself, that kind of thing. But as practice went on, I knew I've been playing football ever since I can remember. They've been playing football ever since they can remember. Like, you know what to do. You know how to do it. Just trust yourself. And that's yep. how you're going to make plays. If you're playing tense, then you're not going to play. So... Uh, the best thing is just make mistakes at full speed, uh, give your effort all the time. 
Did any player, any of the upperclassmen put their arm around you and show you a few of the ropes once they realized you were going to be an impact player from day one, week one? I'd definitely say Aloe and Jalen. Both, both of those guys pretty easy. Aloe was my roommate uh, in all the hotels we were at. But uh, they were both just – because I definitely had my ups and downs, my ups and flows, my ups and my downs um, at the beginning of the year. And I think he was, uh, they were both telling me how freshmen always go through that. Uh, one day you're going to feel like you're on top of the world. Next day you're not even going to want to be out here. And I was definitely going through that, but they were picking me up and telling me that they've been through it. And I'm kind of saying, like, okay, if they've been, they've been through it and they're setting themselves up for success now, I feel like I can do that and get to that point as well. Even being undefeated at this stage of the season, 3-0, and although it's this is the latest in the season that Notre Dame's ever played their third game, given the way that the process of these first three games has played out. What's the biggest point of improvement before the schedule really hardens up down the line? Uh, how do you mean, like, when – when are, what do we need to improve on? From a team perspective and from an individual perspective, too, what's something that you're going, yeah, we're 3-0, and that's great. We've had some awesome defensive performances. Yeah, we had a shutout, whatever. The schedule gets a lot harder from here. Right, right. What still has to get better? I would say practice. Uh, it starts in practice. Coach Lee and uh, all of our position coaches set a, uh, set a practice schedule that makes it harder in the games, it feels like. But hmm. I feel like us as players, there's some days in practice where we're a little slow. Um, we're a little sluggish at the start, and it kind of snowballs into something, and then we just end up having a bad day of practice, which we can't have because we have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, pretty much a walkthrough, and then you're night before the game. So we need those days. Um, we need every single rep we can get. So we just need to take more advantage of practice, I would say. Are you comfortable saying that? Are you comfortable being a vocal leader as a sophomore now? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I feel like there's guys that I would defer to, but if it needs to be said, I mean, I don't feel I have a problem saying it at all. And um, I'm not going to do it. And being mean or being annoying, I'm just going to tell you that I can do it too. I mean, I'm not just pointing people out. I mean, it's on me too. But, I mean, if it needs to be said, I, can, I will say it. Of course. Who would you defer to? Uh, probably Dalen, Sean, uh, Drew White, uh, Kurt, all those guys. I bet they care about your opinion too. Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do. I think that's a good, good part of our defense. There's a, there's obviously guys who have bigger roles on the field, but I feel like from top to bottom, um, there's pretty much evenly respected, and everybody has a say in what goes on. I've been covering Notre Dame football for a long time, seen a lot of Coach Kelly halftime speeches and everything. He's two for two on these last two. Like, <laughs> has he been turning up the halftime energy a little bit? Does it feel like there's something a little different, a little more juice or something going on? Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's a little more optimistic going into the second half and he's just like look here's what we did poorly here's what we did good let's go out there and like we know what we can do let's just finish it and I feel like we definitely take that out into the field in the second half how did the nice guy speech (laughs) I feel like that's just the Notre Dame thing like you come to Notre Dame there's nobody it's not really like SEC schools you're like you're getting like yelled at cussed at it's like welcome Notre Dame welcome to God's campus so I feel like we're just like always the nice guys and I feel like he's sick of that, and I feel like we are too. So um, just trying to get rid of that that stereotype. Mm-hmm. How about just goals in general? Are you a big goal guy? Like, do you have a goal board for yourself individually, or do you just like to let life rip and, and take it as it goes? Um, I definitely set goals for myself. Um, but I, I don't try to force anything. Uh, I feel like all the goals I set for myself are achievable if I just continue what I'm doing continue down the path that I'm on. I don't have to 
be not be myself or not do something that I'm supposed to be doing to get to the goals that I've set for myself. So uh, I'm definitely goal oriented, but I'm not going to change who I am to get to those goals. Do you set short term goals or long term goals? Uh, I would say long term goals, and I probably should be better about worrying about them if I'm going to get there. But uh, uh, I definitely set long term goals. I try not to worry about um, day to day stuff. Just kind of forget that. But uh, yeah, like if something bad happens yesterday, I'm just going to move on to the next day. That kind of thing. But I know that what I'm working for now is going to lead up to my future. So. What what are your biggest long term goals? Um, definitely first and foremost, just provide for my family in any way I can, whether that be on the football field or off the football field. Uh, that's why I came to Notre Dame. Uh, football is going to end at some point, so I'm going to have a great plan then, and know that I'll be financially and emotionally secure then. Uh, but when it comes to football, obviously I want to go to the NFL, um, and have great success there too. I don't want to just stop when I get to the NFL. Like I've succeeded. And I don't need to go any further. I feel like that's only the start of my progression as a football player and as a person. So I feel like if I get to that point, um, there's really no no ceiling to where I could go. Last one. If football ended tomorrow completely, what would you be best at? Is basketball still around? <laughs> that's a hell of an answer. <laughs> No, for the purpose of this question, no, basketball's not still around. Uh, Marketing, advertising, branding, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm going to be honest, not much of a numbers guy, so I'm not going to be in the finance areas or or counting anything like that. But it's like advertising takes people skills, which I feel like I'd be good at making connections with other people. I love it, man. It's been great getting to know you. Awesome answers. You're even more impressive off the football field than on the football field, and I'm not sure how that's possible, man. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. For sure. Thank you. So there you go. Now you get to know young Kyle a little bit. And how about a man that talented considered stepping away from the football field? I bet he was a hell of a basketball player, too, though, so that probably makes more sense when you actually see him go shoot a jump shot. Impressive guy, uh, really an impressive guy. And and also, I'm surprised Notre Dame's ever given him a chance to play a little offense, play a little wide receiver, play a little tight end. I bet he's a heck of a blocker. I mean, he probably got a little Tommy Trimble in him, but they never have because he's too darn good playing safety and will probably play in the NFL for 15 years at that exact spot. I thought it was interesting that he brought up Sean Taylor because those two track the football and bring that boom to the point of contact in the exact same way, tall, long safeties that still play small and still able to play physical and get low enough to bring that impact, uh, depending on whether it's a running back, tight end, wide receiver. Uh, And just mentioning tight end, that's why that position is becoming so valuable, not only at the college level, but also at the NFL level. It's because everybody's looking for that tweener, wide receiver, tight end, tight body that can run on the offensive side of the football. So then what do you have to do as a defensive coordinator? You have to figure out somebody. I mean, just pray to God you can find somebody that can match up with that style of offensive player. Think Zach Ertz, George Kittle. How do you defend guys like that? Well, there's your answer, Kyle Hamilton. Awusu Koromoa, Kyle Hamilton, the NFL is going to be coming for those guys so fast it's going to blow all of our minds So Notre Dame has Louisville this week. And if you would have asked me this time last year what Louisville would be in 2020, I would have thought they might be 3-1, 4-1. I thought this would have been a great football team coming into this year. And they're not. 
And I think the reason why is that Cunningham just has not developed. And it can be any excuse you want. No offseason, no spring football. I think all of those are valid. But they have some stars. I mean, Des Fitzpatrick is a heck of a player. Javian Hawkins is a heck of a player playing running back. 2-2 Atwell can absolutely rip around the football field. He's the speedster that can fly, go deep, deep cross, deep post, seam routes. He's awesome at all of the above. And they found a tight end, too. So this is a really dynamic offense that just seems like they're missing a quarterback that can put the ball right where it has to be consistently. And Cunningham showed signs of that, and this year has regressed. Even watching the Pittsburgh game back, offensive line struggled to protect Cunningham, but there was just so many opportunities. I mean, one drive, they threw four wide-open deep balls, 2-2 Atwells, well beyond the defense, and you'll, you'll see him. Scott Satterfield's been comparing him to T.Y. Hilton, who he coached back in the day for years now. And he's wide open. I mean, he's behind the defense. He did his job. And then some in the it's either an underthrow or it's an overthrow or it's in the back of the end zone and too high and he can't get his hands on it. So those are the difference between one and three and potentially three and one. And Louisville has not made those plays yet. So this is a game from a skill level standpoint where Louisville is going to be again inferior. And it's a game that Notre Dame should dominate. I'm sure they hope to dominate. And if they don't dominate, they will be very disappointed. And keep in mind, while it's a chance to get to 4-0, this schedule at the beginning is not overly tough. It really hardens up down the line. Clemson, right around the corner. Pitt, right around the corner. North Carolina, right around the corner. All three of those are damn good football teams. So this is, yeah, a chance to remain undefeated, but more importantly, it's, it's a must-have tighten the screws opportunity for Notre Dame this weekend. Just tighten things up. Uh, and just based on hearing BK talk, and we mentioned it in the Hamilton interview, based on listening to those halftime speeches, this is a different BK. This is a BK that is impatient at this point. And I mean impatient in the right way. He has one remaining goal on the board. It is a national championship, and it is all systems go in pursuit of that. An important thing this week is getting Kevin Austin some looks. Corey Robinson, we had Corey Robinson on a couple weeks back. A point that he made I thought was was really important. that You can't just act like we're not going to throw you a screen and we're not going to throw you a comeback and we're not going to throw you a little easy out route. And then we're going to come to you on a third and 15 against Clemson and a play you have to have and expect that you're ready to go make the play. His point was, you got to warm these guys up. A lot of these young receivers, they just have not played inside Notre Dame Stadium on national television yet. And Kevin Austin's a prime example of that, in my opinion. And so a game like Louisville, a game like Florida State a week ago, I'm surprised that they didn't. They have to get him his touches. I, Kevin Austin, I mean, this Clemson game's coming quickly now. You are, I mean, November's right around the corner. So... I would expect, in the same way that Javon McKinley was an emphasized part of the offense a week ago, Kevin Austin becomes that this week. He's going to flash. He's going to look awesome. And I think Notre Dame fans are going to start to believe in what this offense could be when it has talented wide receivers too, because frankly it hasn't yet. And just when everybody's saying this is a Kyron Williams show, this is a Chris Tyree show, this is an offensive line and tight end show, which it is. They're the star of this thing. There is dynamic wide receivers working their way back, and Lindsey, and Kevin Austin, and McKinley coming on. 
Maybe a guy like Ben Skoranek, Northwestern captain last year who has about 15 times more catches than the rest of the roster combined. Back from that hamstring. This win from the pocket element of this offense might be late to the party, but my guess is it's about to arrive. Notre Dame, Louisville, week four, I guess. Feels like about week eight pushed into week four. Let's go have some fun. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 